Welcome to No Small Talk, the arts and entertainment podcast for the Arkansas Times. I'm Stephanie Smittle, and I'm here with Omaya Jones. Hello. Today we'll catch up on what's happening in the arts and entertainment world in central Arkansas, and we'll also talk with William Moon, who is on the programming team for this year's Kaleidoscope Film Festival. But first... History nerds, there is a day-long seminar at the Old State House Museum I caught wind of about World War I and its legacy in Arkansas, and I know it's going to answer all your burning questions about what sort of impact the so-called war to end all wars. <laughs> ironically named. Ironically Un- named. Unintentionally ironically named war to end all wars. Spoiler alert, it did not end all wars. Uh, you'll find out that and more at this day-long uh, seminar. So check it out. Uh, that's the what, Go to the website for the Old State House Museum, and we'll link to it on the blog post that accompanies this podcast. There's also some new music out, which we'll link you to. New music from The Inner Party, from Doghouse Riley, and from Fred. So we will um, we'll link you to that and check it out. Uh, also, you should know that Little Rock writer and producer Graham Gordy, who was behind Rectify and Quarry and the new feature-length film Antiquities, is behind the script of another television show, Deadline announced this week. It is called One Dollar. It's a mystery series co-written by Gordy and executive produced by Gordy, Craig Zobel, Matt DeRoss, Alexandre Doman, and Jason Mossberg. It airs on CBS's All Access Thursday, August 30th. And the $1 part, right, Mm -hmm. is uh, a reference to, so this the story takes place because this $1 bill changes hands. And so it follows the story of the hands that this dollar has passed through um, in this small town and um, has a lot to do with economic recession. Um, the Deadline article mentioned that it depicts a modern American town with deep class and cultural divides that spill into the open as the town's secrets get revealed. Pretty Ooh, cool. Yeah, that sounds intriguing. Sturgill Simpson has a recurring role. What? I, on... didn't know, I didn't know he was an actor. Uh, I, I didn't either. Maybe he didn't. I don't know. He, he's on there with uh, John Carroll Lynch, who I really love from Fargo and The Founder, the mm-hmm. documentary about McDonald's. Uh, also, Philip Edinger, who was in a movie called Compliance with Arkansas native Ashley Atkinson, uh, who is also on this $1 series and also is in Black Klansman, which opens this weekend. Ooh. Pretty exciting. Uh, so check that out. Uh, we'll patiently await $1, the mystery series. We also want to let you know that Levon Helm's Boyhood Home in Marvel, this is uh, Levon Helm, the longtime singer, drummer, and mandolin player for the band. And many would say uh, the force that gave an otherwise very Canadian band its sort of Southern mysticism. Mm. Uh, Levon Helm, his boyhood home in Marvel and Phillips County was added to the Arkansas Register of Historic Places. And that happened this week. We got news from Department of Arkansas Heritage's Arkansas Historic Preservation Program. So a big move for Arkansas history. This house was quite literally picked up from his home in Turkey Scratch and moved to Marvel. Uh, hilariously, because it was more easily accessible in Marvel than in Turkey Scratch, which is undoubtedly <laughs> true. But it's just funny that, you know, we would think of Marvel as much, much more, more accessible, accessible than Turkey Scratch. Uh, a note on the band. Apparently, this is their 50th anniversary. Uh, oh, well, 
I listen to this podcast called All Songs Consider, which is usually where I hear about new music, but occasionally I do special episodes. And this week, uh, it was they talked to the Robbie Robertson from the band. Sure. And it was mm-hmm. uh, looking back in the fifty years of the music from Big Pink. Music so, from yeah. Big Pink. That's where it all started. Yeah. I personally am more of a Rick Danko fan. Mm-hmm. Um, just gonna put that out there. Sorry, Robbie. <laughs> uh, if you don't know the bands, listen to music from Big Pink. Check out The Last Waltz. I pretty much spent most of my life thinking the band was, you know, irrelevant because it was maybe something my dad mm-hmm. listened to and have only really gotten into them in the last three or four years. And now consistently the movie, uh, the concert film, The Last mm-hmm. Waltz is part of my Thanksgiving festivities because it was really? filmed on Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's right. Directed by Martin Scorsese. Yes, fantastically so. Features uh, lots of people, including Joni Mitchell. Um, really fantastic concert film. Check that out too. <laughs> but yeah. just also know that um, the band who was Bob Dylan's longtime backing group, uh, the, their longtime drummer was um, Levon Helm. And so uh, this is kind of a big move for, mm-hmm. for you know, the legacy of, of like historical Arkansas musicians, along with, of course, Sister Rosetta Tharp was inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame this year. We also got Highway Signs uh, put up for uh, memorializing her legacy and also Louis Jordan, Johnny Cash. Um, Very cool. Very cool year for Arkansas music history. On another note, Low-Key Arts has announced the lineup for its annual Hot Water Hills Music and Arts Festival that will take place October 5th and 6th. Performers include... And it looks like the word bronco, but I understand it's pronounced broncho. <laughs> broncho. Larkin Poe, the uh, fantastic uh, sibling duet that interprets um, sort of Sunhouse era kind of blues, um, saw them at Valley of the Vapors this last time around, and they did not disappoint. And I understand for Hot Water Hills, they're going to be bringing a full band, Ooh. which would be very cool. Uh, J.D. Wilkes of the legendary Shack Shakers will be there. Lola Marsh, uh, C. Moya, Ra Howard, Brian Martin of Sad Daddy, uh, the Spocity Youngbloods, which is the group, young group of up-and-coming blues musicians will be there. So for details and early bird weekend passes, they're 20 bucks for a while anyway, see hotwaterhills.com. Nice. Lastly, I just thought this was kind of cool. There's... Um, in Bentonville, there's a Museum of Native American History, and they have announced several new acquisitions. Uh, I hope I won't butcher the pronunciation yeah. here too much, but they've acquired a Wolf War Club, an Ojibwe Wolf War Club from 1820, a Plains Trade blanket coat that was attributed to Sitting Bull, the Lakota leader Sitting Bull. And uh, a 1903 Uta painting attributed to Louis Fenno. So for details on that, visit Mona, M-O-N-A-H dot U-S. Last but not least, Carrie Underwood is coming May 4th, 2019. You heard it here first. That's a little bit of arts and entertainment news. And we will be back with William Moon, assistant programmer for the Kaleidoscope Film Festival. Welcome back to No Small Talk, the arts and entertainment podcast for the Arkansas Times. I'm Stephanie Smittle. I'm here with Omaya Jones. And today we have William Moon, who is assistant film programmer for the Kaleidoscope Film Festival. Welcome, William. Thank you. 
so the festival kicks off tomorrow. Uh, well, I should say today, August 10th. <laughs> uh, make sure and get your passes. They are a pittance, right? So you can see an individual film. If there's one in particular that you're passionate about, for six dollars, right? Uh, Still actually, the case. The the short films are six dollars. Short films. The, the feature yeah. the the feature films are ten dollars. Just comparatively, though, mm-hmm. to other film festivals, are there other film festivals where you can go and see anything for six dollars? Uh, I don't think so. I like even like the twenty five dollar early bird pass for all the films is insanely reasonable. Because mm-hmm. um, I know like the features are ten dollars, right? Yeah, and then so for like an early bird pass for twenty five dollars, mm-hmm. it's crazy that you can see all these films for that much money. Right. But so I, if you at least see three films, you pretty much get your money's worth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. so tell us a little bit about the focus of Kaleidoscope and how you became involved. Well, the focus is to definitely bring in diversity. Um, having uh, a wide range of genres and different types of films. Uh, representation is very important, uh, making sure that we have um, enough films with gay men, lesbians, trans characters, and uh, documentaries. And uh, the way that I became involved was um, I've been attending the film festival for a, for a couple of years, and last year I was part of asked to be part of the selection committee, and that went really well. So then this year I was asked to become the assistant film programmer. So does that mean that you've seen everything that we'll see at Kaleidoscope? I have seen almost everything yeah. that we that you'll see at Kaleidoscope. I screened about probably a hundred films that were submitted. I definitely seen a lot for sure over what time frame were you watching uh i started watching in january okay um these features so yeah that's that's pretty (laughs) that's all yeah yeah for sure Uh, how are you able to keep all of them straight like do you take notes when you're i do yeah i take notes uh after i've seen each one i write a paragraph or two about my thoughts and how i felt about each one and then on my laptop i have a a list of rankings and ratings and things like that that I give everything so that I don't forget about anything. So, What film, if any, are you particular, or films, are mm-hmm. you especially passionate about or maybe excited to see how people react to? Um, the film that I'm probably the most excited to see, like on a large screen, is Obscuro Barocco, um, which is a documentary that recently won the Teddy Award. Um it's so beautiful and gorgeous and really captures the passion of Rio de Janeiro. And um, I'm really excited to see people's reaction to the film because it's, it is a documentary, but it also sort of incorporates poetry and it, it breaks the boundaries of what we think a, a film can be. It's pretty great. Right. And so this is a, a Greek-born director, I think, Evangelia Kraniotti. And um, I saw a little bit of the trailers, this beautiful, um, intensely colorful and vibrant imagery over this voiceover. And um, sort of what struck me, I guess, about the trailer for Obscuro Barocco is that it is about literal self-invention and reinvention. And like, I love the idea that you're screening films that give uh, people permission to like not only be who they are, but to continue to decide who they are at different points and like, that's okay. 
Yeah, of course. Um, what else? What else should we keep an eye out for? Um, I would say definitely keep an eye out for Good Manners as well as The Wild Boys. If you're a fan of fantasy films, they're definitely going to be up your alley. Um, I think We the Animals is a great film that actually uh, is opening tonight. It is the Arkansas premiere of that, and it got huge accolades at Sundance and South by Southwest, I believe. Um, it's really, really great, great film. It reminded me a lot of Moonlight and Tree of Life with a little bit of Beast of Southern Wild. It's got beautiful cinematography. Um, I, uh, I was going to say, I had, a, I had a friend of mine who saw one of the films that you're showing, Shakedown, mm-hmm. um, last year at the Whitney, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk about that? Because I, I typically, I don't watch trailers okay. before, especially yeah. at a festival. There's actually there's actually not a trailer out for that yeah. film yet, um, but it's it's pretty great. It's a it's a documentary about uh, black lesbian strippers that live in Los Angeles, and it just sort of goes through like the daily routines of their lives and some of their home lives and whatnot, and it's it's very very intimate and raw and um, it's it's pretty great. I don't think it's like anything else in the lineup. Yeah, so. and that one's Saturday. Um, that one is right. S- that one is I'm trying to think. I think it is Saturday. Saturday at, at three p.m. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See kaleidoscopefilmfestival.com <laughs> for the full yeah. lineup and schedule. Yeah. yeah. And then, in addition to like the the films that you help curate, there are all these other events that are happening too. Like there, I know there's the Little Mermaid sing along. You guys right. are showing a, a streetcar named Desire at South mm-hmm. on Main. And, um, like there's the fashion show, mm-hmm. uh, what, like, so talk about sort of the stuff that's outside of the context of film, um, that Kaleidoscope is trying to do. Well, um, Kaleidoscope has tried to add on more and more each year. Um, I know a couple of years ago they were adding in some literary, um, events, literature events. And then last year we incorporated some music into the mix. Um, and this year fashion is being added. So there's going to be some fashion events and shows, uh, some slides. Uh, um, Mark put together a really good compilation that's going to be shown. And Michael Schaefer is going to be there with his work. So um, it's all about incorporating different aspects um, of something for everyone. So that um, if you don't want to go and see all of the films, there'll be lots of different things that you'll be able to attend and, and see. And there's a street fair, we should say, oh, yeah. Saturday, yeah. which is like the perfect in. If you've heard of Kaleidoscope, are not really sure of the bent or sort of what it's all about, that's the time to meet people and get a sense for the feel of some of some of the um, the extra theater happenings that are going on. And that's Saturday, right? In the middle of the day? Yes, that's Saturday in the middle of the day. I believe it takes place uh, from 12 p.m. until 6 p.m. So it is an all-day event. Nice. Um, yeah, I was going to say, another thing I like about the festival is that it, the timing of everything is very friendly to people who work during the day. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Everything that happens is in the evenings, Monday through Fridays, uh, from 6 or so until about 9.30 mm-hmm. p.m. And then on Saturdays and Sundays, it's an, it's an all-day event. So. so talk about, can you talk about the venue a little bit? Our, I think a lot of people um, who might be unfamiliar to uh, the Argenta Community Theater will be 
surprised to see how immediate and intimate everything feels in that room. The stage is not far away from you. <laughs> and right. um, it, it's like an intense place to see anything. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah of course. It, it It's definitely a very inviting sort of atmosphere. And anytime I've like seen films in the past, like from the past festivals or whatnot, it, it, there's definitely a sort of sense of um, you feel like they're, they're right there with it and there's a very good energy for sure i know like last year you, uh there were films that screened like the ornithologist mm -hmm. and um hello again and the, one of the things like about the, i like about this festival in particular is that there's stuff that i know if i don't see it here i might not get a chance to see it again that's correct like yeah. i know uh like the ornithologist might be on netflix uh here hello again i haven't heard anything about mm -hmm. since it's screened here and even something like princess sid which i thought should have been a real breakout mainstream success. I haven't right. seen too much about it. Right. Um, so what what are the films this year that that I definitely should not miss because I probably won't get a chance to see them again? Definitely Obscuro Baracco mm -hmm. and Good Manners and The Wild Boys, I would say. Um, those are definitely three that might fly a little bit more under the radar. Right. Cool. So, thank you so much for being here, and our listeners should go to kaleidoscopefilmfestival.com to get your passes and to check out all of the lineup and every movie that's on the schedule and go and hang out and make it a marathon and go to parties, right? After parties. Yeah. All right? Yeah. Oh, um, are the early bird passes all gone, or do you know? No, I, I believe there still okay, are cool, early yeah. bird, bird so passes I would, available. So if you do intend to go to the after parties and things, I would recommend people get the the all-inclusive early bird pass. Mm -hmm. um, it's a little bit more expensive than the $25 pass, but it's worth it because it gets you into all the events, right? Um, yes, it gets you into all the events except for the South of Maine events. Okay, yeah. So. Cool. Thanks for listening, and we'll, we'll be right back. Welcome back. We're going to end the show with some recommendations. Stephanie, do you want to go first? Sure. I'm going to recommend that you go check out a band called The Brook in the Bluff. The Brook, ampersand, The Bluff. Um, it is a, a quin, no, quartet, a quartet, uh, fronted by a young man named Joseph Satine, who I came across their music because they're playing at Stickies this mm -hmm. coming Wednesday night fantastic uh group out of i believe birmingham and they really do sort of um if you like leon bridges you may like the brook and the bluff um very like soulful it's very um very much with joseph's voice at the core and he um i'll say this when I when I saw the band preparing for this video session that I encountered them on, I did not expect the sound to come out of them that came out of them. Um, you know, they they look like dudes yeah. that might play some like rock and roll and maybe like or like some pretty you know polished punk. And the sound that came out of them was very a lot more like Ray Charles. It, it's, re it's really, really lovely, beautifully put together soul. So go check out the Brook and the Bluff. If you can't make it to um, 
stickies on Wednesday night. Just go find them online. Cool. Put them on. Awesome. Um, I am going to recommend not just that people go to Kaleidoscope, but specifically um, I was told by someone who has seen it, um, as we said when we were talking to William Moon, to go see a film called Shakedown, which is showing at the Kaleidoscope Film Festival Saturday at 3 o'clock. I don't know much about it other than what we discussed with William here, uh, but I I was promised that it is a phenomenal film that is well worth everyone's time to seek out. So uh, my recommendation is for people to go see The Shakedown. Yeah. You know, it's always intriguing Mm -hmm. when somebody won't tell you anything about a film. And I remember when we screened a camera person Uh for the Arkansas Times film series, anybody that had seen the film didn't want to tell Mm -hmm. me anything about it. And after I saw it, I understood why. And um, if you pick up a copy of the Arkansas Times and you read Mark uh, Thiedemann's interview with us this week, Shakedown is a film that he did not want to say anything about. (laughs) So he said, go see Shakedown. In fact, I don't want to tell you anything about it because I don't want to ruin it. This is very intriguing. Yes. All right. And do we have a move for the week? A move. I'm going to suggest that you make a point to um, look up at the sky this weekend when the Perseids meteor shower will be descending upon us. It's especially serendipitous because this year's meteor shower... um, happens to be falling on a new moon so there won't be any pesky moon to throw light and get in the way of your seeing meteors so if you know as long as the the weather forecast stays the way it has leaned the last few hours they've been sort of off and on about predicting rain and clouds and things this weekend but assuming it stays clear you should be able to view that it's supposed to peak saturday night and sunday night right after midnight so if you can take a nap do what you do or party, whatever you do to stay up. And after midnight, get out and find yourself a dark spot way outside the city somewhere and let your eyes adjust. It's really important. Don't try to like expect to see meteors right away. It takes maybe like, I don't know, unscientifically, I'm going to say half an hour, right? For your eyes to sort of get used to the light. You'll discover after about half an hour that you can see more stars than when you when you first um, when you first went out, and the best way to observe them is just to find a place you can lay flat, so you can see as much of the sky as possible. So bring a blanket. Bring a blanket, yeah, and maybe some bug spray. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. my move. Check out the Perseids. Awesome. Well, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.